Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, Amy Luby, and Carl Palachuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts technology community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. I guess I'll start. This is Carl, and I'm here with James. How are you? Hey, Carl, doing fantabulous. Doing good, doing good. Super good. And so ah, by the time this comes out, we'll be at ChannelCon, which is pretty amazing. So, uh, and we'll be in Vegas because, you know, there's no place better than Vegas in August. Right? <laughs> We're just going to say it's the hottest place uh, in the world right now, it seems like. So, uh, well, and but he- then in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Nashville for exchange. So it's like, okay, yeah, what could be worse? Oh, oh, yeah, you could add 90% humidity. That would be great. <laughs> Hey, look on the bright side. We got to look on the bright side. We'll both probably lose 10 pounds when we're That's there. That's an excellent point. Although, although I do tend to drink beer when I'm on the road. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't drink it when I'm not on the road. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Channel Con. That'll be a lot of fun. Cool. So um, we have a question of the week, but it's also part of the news, the notes from the news. So um x is the uh the social medium formerly known as twitter so the question of the week is uh which social media should we be using uh should we mm-hmm. all be on tiktok should we all be uh, with dancing cats and, and doing sideways videos that are shorts on youtube and what, what's your thought on that so I'm asked that question a lot, and uh, I my answer is probably more of a simplified one, not very complex. But first and foremost, you know, LinkedIn I think is important for you know individuals and for companies to to market themselves. So LinkedIn would be number one. Uh, number two, I would say Facebook, uh, and I wouldn't have said that two years ago, but but now I am. I think Facebook's important. Uh, and then Instagram is another interesting one that uh, is becoming more and more successful. Uh, so to me, those would be the three primaries. And all those really are, are windows into your website or or ways to you know drop lead magnets and create you know branding opportunities and visibility. So those would be those would be the three I would mention. No, no Pinterest. No Pinterest, you know, and you brought up TikTok, you know, I, I mean, I've read way too many bad things about TikTok taking our information. Uh, and, you know, I, I've never gotten into that, you know, even people that will text me TikTok links, you know, I, I don't like playing them, uh, because I just stay away from it. So uh, too concerned about security, but you know, I see less worried about that in the sense of the I control what information of mine I put on TikTok. So, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not too True. freaked yeah. out about it. But what I care about is where is my audience, right? If you're an MSP and you're you're going after local uh businesses, accountants, professionals, uh attorneys, are they on TikTok? Yeah. Right. And in a lot of people always say, well, yeah, but the younger crowd, this and that. And, you know, you always hear these these stats with social media that X percent are doing this and this and whatever. And it's like, okay, is that where your clients are, right? And at the end of the day, 
you know, uh, I love Facebook, but to me, Facebook is my playground and LinkedIn is where I do work. Um, and, yeah. and I broadcast, I have broadcast on Twitter. I quit Twitter recently for other reasons, but um, the, uh, the Instagram and in even Pinterest, I post up, I do not have conversations with people. I don't try to interact with them. It is just a for me, those are marketing opportunities, but I encourage people to pick one and make mm -hmm. it your primary and then engage in the others to the degree that you find them useful or something that will actually improve your business, right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and so, and, and your strategy that you said, this is a place to link back to your, your landing page. I think that's huge. I think you yeah. have to have a web page that works. And there's so mm -hmm. many people that, uh, and you know this from the sales side of things, people confuse marketing and sales. And then mm -hmm. they say, well, I posted up all this stuff on LinkedIn and nobody bought anything. And then you go look at their site and it sucks and they have no call to action. And they're it's not a landing page. It's a exactly boring outdated website that's not informational and if you looked at it you'd say i'm not sure i want to do business with these people right so yeah yeah carl you bring up a really really good point there's a huge difference between sales and marketing and social media is just marketing it's marketing and branding uh, you drop lead magnets and you get people interested to talk to you and if your call to action is going back to your website and your website sucks you're not going to convert and you'll never have a sales opportunity so, um, you know, they all kind of flow together, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's an important one. Like you, you know, I like my playground. Instagram is more my playground, even though I'm trying to grow my audience there. That's more of the personal side of, of James Kernan, uh, LinkedIn and Facebook or, or more branding, uh, where I try to be more professional, but, uh, also I want my personality to come out a little bit, uh, on those as well. Cause that's just who I am. Yeah, so, uh, I have no personality on LinkedIn. Well, very little. So. <laughs> Come on, that's impossible. That's impossible. Whatever personality I might have <laughs> uh, is is propped up on on Facebook. So, but you know the the other thing is every piece of your marketing has to do its job, and so yeah. LinkedIn's job is to get people to your website. Your website's job is to get them to fill out the form. So there has to be a form. You can't make people go fishing around like, do I? How do I do business with this person? Right? Yeah. So, yeah. One 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 last thing I'll say. Um, a lot of people think they're good at social media and they know what they're doing. Uh, social media changes all the time. And I, I think it's important that you get some professional help, at least with your strategy. Now, you could implement the plan yourself if you want to save money, but uh, I'd always recommend if you have the marketing budget to do it, lean on a professional to put that strategy together and even an implementation plan, you know, from, uh, you know, links back to your site or to your landing page, because they walk through everything and they'll look at those things. Tags, um, you know, tagging is really important, hashtags. So uh, you want to make sure you have consistent ones that are applicable to your brand and, and what you're trying to do. So, well, and I will say, uh, I love Fiverr for this. Uh, if you go to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, uh, it's no longer $5, but 
they have a lot of people that that literally for a hundred bucks or $130, they will tune up your social media. They will say, okay, let's make consistent graphics. Let's make sure that we've got a call to action. Let's make sure we have a headline. Let's make sure that your keywords are all set up there. And, you know, basically uh, lots of little things that you can do that, you know, it, it's like anything else. They know this stuff and I don't. So <laughs> what the hell? Let them do what they get paid for, right? And it's exactly. not like it costs you $10,000 for a makeover. So yeah, yeah, um, there you go. So uh, we're going to put our, our social media links in the show notes today, just so you can connect with us. So uh, make sure that we, we get your links, James, and we'll make sure that they get posted. You bet. You bet. Thank you. Cool. So um, next news item, the uh, now everybody knows the stock market is not the economy, but but uh, the, uh, the business reporters are starting to talk about something called the Magnificent Seven. So they used to have FANG and whatever, di different acronyms uh, that were all, you know, Microsoft, Apple, that's always on the list. And then Netflix has dropped off the list. Uh, it's no longer considered one of the top uh, investments. But Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Tesla, and Meta are the magnificent seven. And they have, that group averages uh, uh, earnings. Their, their increase in earnings has been over 19% for the year for the wow. last 12 months. Um, the rest, <laughs> the, the other 493 members of the S&P 500 um, are less than half of that. They are at 8% increase in estimated earnings for the last 12 months. So they are the, the Magnificent Seven are dramatically outperforming the rest of the S&P 500. Um, should we care about this? Do we care that NVIDIA is on the list and they weren't last year or that Tesla's on the list and they're, they don't really, you know, like they don't, they don't compete for the same dollars that Amazon does with regard to uh, hosted services, for example. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that list will continue to, to change. I mean, obviously those are the market leaders. Um, you know, it'll, it'll get updated and changed on a, on a semi-regular basis. Uh, but uh, yeah, those uh, those are are businesses that I follow, you know, and and they've got um, they're they're doing most of the stuff right out there. Not all the time, but but most of the time. So I, I like following those businesses, and those are those are ones we need to pay attention to. I think. And should we uh, rely on these businesses more than businesses who are in the other nine four hundred and ninety three uh, in the sense of you know, is Apple really too big to go anywhere? Microsoft too big to fail, you know, so forth? Well, I think we need to look at the whole, the big picture, you know. Uh, Carl, I'm going to age both you and I, but remember <laughs> when Novell was the best thing since peanut butter and jelly, you know, and and Microsoft came and just wiped it off the map really quick. Uh, but I think they uh, they got a little cocky and sat on their laurels and, and didn't uh, continue to innovate and evolve. Um, so... That specifically is why I like uh, the the companies that you listed. Some of them even kind of created new industries and uh, paved the way. They're kind of pioneers. But 
from an innovation standpoint, I guess that's what I meant. Maybe not leadership or decision-making um, or branding. I'm, I'm more attracted to those top seven from an innovation standpoint, you know, and I, I love studying that type of stuff. What's interesting is I think Apple wants to be seen as innovative, but I think they're less innovative than they used to be. Uh, and I, you know, Meta is trying to look innovative and I don't think that they're making any, having any success for that. The most innovative on the list to me is NVIDIA. And the irony is it's the old story of, you know, they worked for 30 years to get yeah. to the top and then now they're suddenly successful. But NVIDIA has been building their GPU market and they've had a vision of what that's going to look like and where it's going to go and the place that AI plays in that uh, since day one. And a lot of people are investing in NVIDIA simply because it's it's the one pure AI stock that they can point to and say, I understand how they make money, you know? Um, yeah. And obviously Apple and Microsoft are going to make all kinds, and, and, you know, Apple, uh, I mean, uh, Alphabet and and everybody else are going to make money on it. Tesla's announced that they're going to do it. So everybody's going to make money on AI, but it's kind of the dot-com bubble of uh, the 2020s. And, you know, yeah. you, you mentioned an old stock. Well, I remember when Yahoo stock, you know, you take the price of the stock plus the number of outstanding shares and you multiply that and you get the net worth of that company or the, the top line worth of that company. <laughs> I remember yeah. when they were bigger than General Motors and I thought, oh, this can never go away. This can never just disappear. <laughs> that was one of my first lessons in investment. So Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's probably the trickiest part. You know, which one of the seven is going to disappear first? You yeah. know, or, or fall off the list, you know, and I'm I'm uh, I'm not really wild about all the things Meta is doing. Uh you know, with um, our intellectual property, you know, and I don't know that it's hard to imagine, but that's probably one of my least favorites on the list uh, of the top seven. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll see where that all where that all goes. You know, this podcast is sponsored by the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community. Check us out at smallbizthoughts.org. Forums, templates, and checklists are just the start. Our community includes all of the best-selling books on managed services in all available formats, plus free training, members-only programs, and the best business training available to managed service providers anywhere. Plus, we have weekly live members-only Zoom calls. The average member saves more than 200% of their membership cost each year. We are totally dedicated to your success. Just because you're in business for yourself doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Join us today at smallbizthoughts.org. It's time for five minutes with somebody smart. So I met up with a smart guy, Lucas Acosta from Atlanta. He runs a Mac shop and... He is, uh, I guess, the beneficiary of some EOS training and uh, coaching and making his business go Zoom. So here's that interview. Hi, this is Carl. I'm talking to Lucas Acosta. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. 
So uh, you are, let's start with the basics. So you're an MSP. So this is a great success story. So tell us uh, in 30 seconds or less, <laughs> the history of sure. your life, how you got here and um, uh, where, how you, how you've enjoyed success in the last couple of years. Sure. Um, well, thanks again, Carl. Um, really enjoyed just yeah, hearing and being part of the audience on the audience side. So it's, it's fun to be in the show now. On the other and, side of the microphone. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, we've been in business for 15 years now. And kind of our differentiator um, is that we are an Apple-only MSP. So we actually partner with a lot of other MSPs who are looking for Apple-specific expertise, whether it's iPad management or taking care of those, those special uh, Mac users in an organization and making sure their compliance is at the same level as their Windows users. So that's that's kind of our niche. We're here based in Atlanta, Georgia. We're in a few states uh, here in the United States as well. And what what anyone who's been in business um, in this weird you know roller coaster of business knows that you're always experimenting with things, and you're inspired by you know podcasts and your communities and books. And I stumbled across something um, about two years ago, after many of our clients had been recommending. Um, and as we know, I love this business because I'm always uh, around other founders, other business owners, and we right. get to share best practices. And I had heard over and over again, this thing called EOS, the entrepreneur operating system. But, and by the way, I didn't know that James was an EOS implementer. So this is cool. I would <laughs> love, man, to be able to pick James's brain, I'm sure he has so much wisdom to offer on this framework. And so one of my clients just said, listen, you need to stop and, and read this book, Rocket Fuel, which is one of their kind of introductory books. And I, I won't go on about EOS this whole time, but but the reason I'm here on the show, I think that we're having this conversation is that it happened to click with us. And after trying many things over 13 years, we uh, not only did EOS, but had an EOS implementer. And within the first 30 days, they were already uh, identifying things that were kind of our bottleneck. And even though I'm a very, I, you know, consider myself a trusting person, I'm not a micromanager. Um, I learned one of their recommendations to create a, a leadership team. I learned that by creating leaders with real positions was was the one thing that was uh, not doing it, was one thing that was holding us back. And it's not that I didn't want other leaders, like say a director of sales or a director of ops. I just thought we didn't need them, right? Like, hey, we're all grownups here. We're all right. doing great work. We I know think that's common with a small team is like, you know, look, we see each other every day. Like we're a very flat structure. So <laughs> why we, create hierarchy? Exactly. And we we kind of take pride in that, right? We almost think like the structure is is anti-culture, maybe if I can say it that way. Um, like, oh, I don't want to become this corporate structure. So and I think maybe that's why I resisted something like EOS for so long. Um, but I was humbled because, yes, we're grownups, and turns out they really enjoyed the structure too. They really thrived knowing what our our three focuses are, say this quarter, you know. And EOS has fun terminology like a rock 
So every leader has to have one rock per quarter or one goal per quarter. And that allows them to focus on one thing. Um, because before this structured framework, we were kind of chasing the squirrels, right? Like a new backup system or uh, a new security patch came out that needs special attention or something like that. While we still need to make time to do that, what, what using EOS has done is given us time to work on the business, right? Which is, I'm sure, a term that, that we're all familiar right. with. That It's like, yes, yes, we've heard on the business versus in the business. Um, and that's really been a tension that I think it's a good tension that I've had for the last 15 years. There's nothing wrong with going back and forth between on and in. But EOS just gave us some of the how-tos on like, okay, this is all we have to do once a week or once a month or once a quarter to kind of stay consistent working on the business, right? right? So um, small shop, seven, actually, uh, I'd say that's that's larger than the average shop, but still okay. a smallish business, right? Sure. Uh, so, so how much time does it actually take? So when you think about like, now that you've, now that you're, you're dyed in the wool, right? You've been doing it a while. So clearly sure. there's startup time. That's a different animal. But today, uh, how much time do you as a team spend on the EOS structure? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so little uh, fun history fact, we actually failed implementing EOS the first time because we didn't have an implementer. I thought I could do it myself. Which is, does, you know, half the population, right? <laughs> right. That's, and hence why coaches exist. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I'm seeing a trend of humility here um, that I've had to like shed, right, over the past few years. Um, and and that's, you know, we're founders. We're used to doing things ourselves, and I can figure this out, this new operating system, this new, you know, software. However, it wasn't until we finally hired that coach. He said, listen, you guys are trying to perform a surgery with a, the textbook on the table, right? That's very difficult to do. So just having a coach just tell you what, you know, what the textbook is, what needs to be done really helped us for that, the first um, sh short period of weeks. Um, and so to, to answer your question, what EOS is, it's not this additional thing on our plate. Okay. All they've really done is trademarked running a business, like made a, a special name for running your business, sort of like how Kleenex uh, <laughs> has taken over the, the term tissue paper. Right. Right. Or Xerox with a copier. So, so EOS is a brand of running your business. Of running your business. So then uh, so, of best practices, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's not additional work per se. However, just to give you some kind of meat to chew on as far as like what how much time it's involved, we do one leadership meeting every week. It's a 90-minute meeting. And like many small business owners, I don't like meetings. So I was very hesitant toward this, but it's all templated for you so that you're not wasting those 90 minutes. In fact, you're graded on that meeting after the meeting, everyone grades you, uh, which is also humbling, so that you're always trying to get a, a level 10 um, out of a score from some zero to 10. So there's that one meeting. And the other 
part of that answer of how much time does this involve? This is going to scare a lot of people, but it's really the truth. I didn't think I needed a COO for the entirety of running my business. It's like, sure, I'm the founder. I guess that makes me the CEO. And then we have like certain specialties, certain directors or whatever. However, um, it wasn't until using the EOS framework, you know, they have fun, fancy names for it. Like an, they call it an integrator. But basically that's a COO, Chief Operations Officer. They say that in order for EOS to work, in order for your business to work, you need an integrator or you need a COO. And that was something that had never really resonated with me. And so what I had to do during this process with the help of an implementer was uh, find my integrator. Turns out there was a great candidate on my team already who absolutely uh, jumped you know, at, at the opportunity to be able to do that type of work. And their their website, the EOS website, even has like a, a personality exam to see if they would be a good fit uh, for that role because it's completely opposite from a lot of founders, right? I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I'm what they call a visionary um, or a CEO. And they have that exam you take kind of splits you into those two categories. And so it wasn't until having a COO who's 100% focused on on the business that we were able to do this. So the, the, the scary answer to you, Carl, is that it takes an expensive person 40 hours a week to run EOS. <laughs> okay. That, <laughs> so it, just, so yeah. let me just put this in context for other MSPs. So sure. is this, is the person who is your chief operating officer also somebody who used to be your service manager? Bingo. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, yes. so what you really have, cause, cause I think the classic thing is uh, if you want to be successful, that you get to a stage where you, the owner, put somebody else in charge of the day-to-day -day operations. And then the best candidate in a perfect world is the rare service manager who is a coach, a uh, father figure, a mother figure, uh, uh, yes. somebody who's good at public relations, somebody who can deal with the clients and the billing and the front office and all the crap that you yes. as the owner have taken on by default because you started the business and nobody else can do it as good as you. Right. You nailed it. It's like you've been doing this, you know, for a little while. <laughs> so that, right. And, and there was, it was an un, uh, actually he didn't even like a title. So for many years as kind of my right hand person, it was like, Hey, he's director of operations or a service manager, right? He would get the customer service calls. However, yeah, going through the exercise, this EOS exercise, he became integrator, which is COO and it separated um, the COO role from a service manager role. So believe it or not, those are not the same person. Um, so we now have um, a separate service manager that that is doing a lot of, of that blocking and tackling. And my COO, my integrator, I know there's a lot of <laughs> terminology here, is actually in charge of the profit and loss of the company. So he's working with our director of, with three people, uh, four people, director of finance, director of sales, uh, service manager, our director of operations, and uh, me, the visionary. <laughs> um, 
and it, it is a messy role. So it, I think actually your service manager may be a great candidate if they are ready for the next step in their career, may be a great candidate for the integrator role. And I would encourage you to at least have them complete that, that exercise online to see if they would be a good fit. Because it is some of that, like you said, the messy, you know, in the trenches kind of work of running the business. They need to be able to thrive in that environment. I always did it out of necessity. However, I learned that I'm much better off leading the direction of the company. Um, right. And, you know, leading the the culture, the the HR and new trends and new ideas and, you know, listening to podcasts like yours, Carl, <laughs> to to kind of see where the industry is headed, right? That's my role as a, as a visionary so that my COO can now focus on running the business. So we're, we're way past five minutes, but let me just ask, um, so would you recommend everybody do this or is there a certain level of maturity before it becomes worth the effort? Because clearly... There's not, there's some extra cost, but the extra cost is really with people who you've already invested in, in most cases. So, you know, True. it's sort of like putting a structure, which has some additional costs, which must also have some additional benefits or you wouldn't stick with it. But so, so who would you recommend start thinking about EOS for their business? Great question. Um and I also afterward want to answer with, yeah, how this has impacted us. I think that is actually an important component of what the, did this actually do for us. So, you know, we were seven when we implemented this. If you read read the book, Rocket Fuel, they say they're designed for companies of like 10 million to 100 million, which is absolutely <laughs> not us. In fact, we started this when we were below 1 million in revenue. Um, so I, I think having four to five people would be a, a decent enough size where you can start giving people at least uh, fractional roles or dual roles, because one of these exercises is to yeah, put names in boxes of, of an org chart and it's okay. Like when I did that exercise, my name was in seven boxes, right? right I of was, course. I was engineer, sales guy, marketing, right. found, everything. And that's fine, right? And that's one of the first exercises that an implementer goes through is let's just see who is responsible for what. And that helps create it. So that what that does is it brings, even if you have four people, it brings focus. So the all four people know we're going to need help with this next box. Or we're going to remove this person, Sally's name from that box when we hire someone new. And it gives everyone this intrinsic motivation because they can see literally on a page how this company is going to change, you know, and, and what the new hire is going, which box they're going to fill, right? Um, so, so yeah, our implementer, I asked them the same question is, are we too small for EOS? Because the book says 10 million and we're not even at one. And he said, absolutely not. You know, you may not do as many like quarterly interviews. <laughs> if you're just four people, you don't have to necessarily interview them, uh, review them every quarter. Um, but I would say 80, 90% of it, a small team can take advantage of. So really briefly, um, after about six months of implementing it, uh, we already saw an uptick. Even our engineers were like, wow, we see a lot of procedures and policies getting done now 
now that we have real leaders with, you know, quarterly right. goals. So last year um, was our first year where we did finally break a million after about six months of being in EOS. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and and it, this year, we're not only at 20% growth compared to last year, but we took, just to be very candid, last year was like a break-even year for us because we hired, um, and so we were at a million and 50 thousand in revenue. So we barely broke a million um, with really not much profit to bring home. However, this year we're currently tracking six months in a row at 12% profit. And it's with these individualized roles, you know, each just laser focused on their, their quarterly goals. It takes a lot of trust, you know, to get there that they're going to execute too. But but it's really allowed these ideas to flourish and to for them to actually be executed. So that's that's why you know I I love to talk about it. That's why I'm what I'm writing about now. Um, I decided to spin up a, a little blog just to kind of share, you know, some of these lessons that have really impacted us as a small MSP. Very good. So we're basically out of time, but you're going to send us your link to your blog and to your LinkedIn page so people can get in touch with you. And uh, with luck, uh, you'll get a few more subscribers. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's lucasacosta.com. And thank you so much, Carl, um, for for doing your work on the podcast. Um, We're really enjoying it down here in Atlanta. Very good. Well, stay cool. (laughs) I don't think I'll be able to, but I'll try. So, uh, any other news that you think is uh, worth talking about as we, we head head into jo- to August? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm super busy. I love it. I'm blessed, and I'm I get pretty laser focused on uh, Las Vegas next week and ChannelCon. I've got uh, I got more meetings than I have time for, so I think I'm double booked or triple booked. But uh, if any of you listeners. Uh, uh, are there uh, hearing this, you know, love to Carl and I would love to sit down and have a beer with you, but right. uh, it'd and be a lot of fun. I'm in booth 101. So uh, if the, if there's a vendor buying beer, you can always know that you can take a lager to booth 101. <laughs> somebody will drink it. So, and you're, and you're right there. I mean, 101 is like right there by the grand door, correct, Amunda? Uh, no, no. So, if, if you go in the grand door, I don't want to be right there because everybody just walks by. But if you turn right, I'm on the next corner. So, we're, there we're you. corner booth where everybody has to turn left to get into the actual uh, mm-hmm. guts of the show. So, and I've, and I've seen your booth. You've got one of the cooler booths, uh, I'm sure, that will be at the show. So, I um, hope so. And we got, we got cool this. stickers. And uh, I'm glad that the sticker thing is good. Uh, I posted up on Facebook. Um, you know, the big giveaway at ChannelCon is always socks, right? So, uh, well, socks are like, I mean, good socks. You know, the, you get good socks at ChannelCon. They're 6 or $7 a pair if you buy a 1,000 pair, right? So... <laughs> I'm not giving away good socks. What I am giving away is little stickers with the uh, Mai Tai happy face pattern on them and uh, stickers of socks. So there you go. If you if you need Mai Tai socks uh, for your laptop or your children, come by booth 101 and pick some up. We also have robot 
stickers and my tie tie stickers. So, uh, and we're giving away a robot. So please, by all means, drop by booth 101 and uh, we will see you at ChannelCon. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Very good. And then uh, you have a uh, another one of your shows. Where's the next one? Uh, the next one is actually out in Scottsdale. So we've got a show uh, and that that one's going to be over the top awesome. It's at the Talking Stick uh, Resort and Casino, September 28th and 29th in Scottsdale. So it should be cooled off by then. But it's uh, in a big golf resort, spa. A lot of uh, the registrants already are bringing spouses or, or uh, other employees because it's such a fun venue. I think we've got uh, Top Golf lined up for one of the activities. I know a lot of people are bringing their clubs uh, for Wednesday, but the 28th, 29th, that's a, a Thursday, Friday. Got some great speakers. Uh, Scalepad, uh, Alex Farling is is uh, scheduled to be there. Uh, we've got EOS workshops that we're working on. Um, I've got Fin Security, uh, Reinvent Telcom, TD Cinex. We've got some uh, awesome people lined up. Uh, to speak from all of those companies. And one of my favorite things, Carl, uh, just talking to someone yesterday on the phone and I explained this and they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Uh, you know, you need to do a better job of communicating what you guys do at these events, James. Uh, there's a section where a lot of my customers in the community get up and they, each quarter, the whole event was really designed around them reporting out, here's who I am, here's how I'm different then my competition, here's what my plan was, like here's what marketing campaigns we did, and here's what worked and here's what didn't. We call that the good, the bad, the ugly. And normally it's the first half a day on Thursday, so the 28th that morning, wow. we'll have the good, the bad, the ugly, and everybody reports out. And uh, that's one of my favorite sessions because you know you, you hear what's working for everybody. So right. uh, that's, that's a good one to be at. And I'll drop the link... Uh, uh, out there again, you know, for the listeners, you get a free VIP pass. It's a free of charge. And uh, we do cast things on Zoom, but I always uh, recommend try to attend in person because that's where the rubber meets the road. It's where you can network and form relationships and really learn and not be distracted. So attend in person if you can. Very cool. And uh, final note uh, in terms of announcements, the National Society of IT Service Providers uh, has a huge meeting coming up August 9th, all-member meeting. They do it once a quarter, but this quarter, the legislative uh, committee is going to report out some super cool stuff that they've been doing. All the committees are going to give reports, and we're going to introduce our new association management company. Uh, I am moving to a non-voting seat on the board as an ex-officio member and hanger-on and gadfly. Um, but um, anyway, so this do not miss that. Go to nsitsp.org slash events and uh, sign up today for the August 9th meeting. And with luck, we will see you there. All right. Very good. And that will do it for this week's SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.